The Rebbe starts off the Sikha by saying that we discussed many times that the time of Shavuos is connected with, first of all, Moshe Rabbeinu through the Torah was given on Shavuos, with David HaMelech who passes away on Shavuos, as well as the Baal Shem Tov, whose Istalkus was also on Shavuos. Says the Rebbe, since everything is Bahashgacha Pratis, especially when we speak about things connected with Yidin generally, and how much more so with the Gdoyle and Nesia Yisrael specifically, so it's understood that there must be a common theme, a common denominator between these three, that that's why they are all connected with the same day. And furthermore, that this common theme needs to be connected to the main theme of the day. In our case, Chagah Shavuos, Zman Matan Teirosainu. On the other hand, says the Rebbe, there also needs to be a certain Chiddush, a certain novel idea within this common theme, how it expresses itself by each one of these three, Messiah Yisroel, or to use the Lashon of the Gemara, when we say tsericha, when you sometimes have similar things, and the Gemara will say why we need each one individually. So one of the common themes of Moshe, Dovin, and the Baal Shem Tev is that each one of them was not only a melech, a king, a nasi, a leader amongst Yidin, but within that itself, each one was the first in their particular category of melucha and nasius. Well, Moshe Rabbeinu is, of course, the first nasi over all the Yidin, especially based on the Psak of the Rambam that Moshe Rabbeinu was actually considered a melech, so that Moshe Rabbeinu is the first melech over the Yiddish nation. David is the very first one of Malchus based David, of course. And as the Rambam says, once David is anointed, he is Zoiche in the crown in Keser Malchus for him and his male descendants forever. And that Malucha will never be taken away from the seed of David Amelech. And finally, the Baal Shem Tev is the first of the Nesiyi, of the leaders of Chsidus Haklolis. Says the Rebbe, with this we can now understand the special connection of all of these three. Malchei, Nesiyei Yisrael, their common theme, how this all connected to Matan Torah. Because one of the main things that was accomplished by Matan Torah is that every single Yid became part of Mamleches Koyanim. Koyanim over here in the sense of Sorim, of ministers, of officers, of nobles, of princes. And the Koyach, to be able to bring this out, Begilu inside of each and every Yid, comes from these Nesiyei Yisrael and the Nesiyei Yisrael in every generation as we will discuss. The Rebbe says, the connection of Mamlechas Koyanim to Matan Torah, we can understand by first understanding the general concept of Melucha of kingship. One of the main ideas of Melucha is Isnasus, being raised, being exalted, the king being completely higher than the rest of the nation to the extent he's not even allowed to lower himself down and do work. In fact, everything needs to be provided to him and with great abundance. The Pasuk says, Melech biyafyoy techazaneinecha. We need to see the king in his full beauty and glory. No one in the country, or no thing in the country, could hold back the king from fulfilling that which he wants. The Razal say, HaMelech Poyritz Gedet, the Gemara says, that the king wants to make a road, go through a road, he breaks through the fences, no one could stop him, no one could protest. If the king decides the mountain should be uprooted, the mountain is uprooted, and many other examples. Says the Rebbe, in a similar way, is what Matan Torah achieved by Yidin. Matan Torah achieved at Veroimam Tanu, the Abishta lifted us up over all nations to the extent that Yidin became higher than the world generally, completely not under the confines of nature. In other words, when Yidin are, when Yidin do what Hashem wants, they act in accordance, in according to Torah and Mitzvah Bishlemus. So then not only are they going to get all of their needs in an abundant way, but furthermore, they don't even have to go out and work, plowing and sowing, etc. Rather, as the Gemara says, their work will be done by others. 
more specifically within the avoid of a Yiddish means, that when it comes to a matter of fulfilling Torah and mitzvahs, he needs to conduct himself like a melech, like a king. He needs to be involved in the mitzvah as if there is absolutely no other work, no other concerns and worries, like a person that everything is being provided for him in the most abundant and comfortable way. No natural calculation should be getting in the way and stopping him from doing a mitzvah. Because in all matters of Torah and mitzvahs, the Yid is like the balabai, is the boss, the melech, over nature itself. When a Yid approaches the fulfillment of Torah and mitzvahs with this attitude of mamlech hasakoyanim, so then he doesn't even have to act in a way of fighting, battling with the Yid Sahara and with the world around him, but rather it's done in a way of menucha, meaning to say, in a calm way, in a relaxed way, he just lifts himself up from the whole world around himself, knowing that he's part of Mabalechah's Koyanim. So in the first place, there's nothing that gets in the way. Not even He doesn't even have to fight it. Says the Rebbe, you could ask, that's all very nice and well, as far as the Panimius of the Neshama is concerned. That's higher than the goof and clothing itself in the goof. And then obviously, no thing in the world, no Gashmis can disturb it and, and, and disturb its connection with Hashem. And the Yid could go and do the mitzvahs, the mitzvahs of Melech, uh, of the king of the world, etc. But when we're speaking about a neshama as he, of a Yid, as it's clothed in the guf, and it's very involved with matters of the world, which may be limiting, confining, disturbing the Yid, how could you demand from him that he should lift himself higher than this islapshus, than clothing itself and getting involved in all these things, and do it with an emes? The answer to this is, that in every generation we have the Nesiyah Yisrael, the Yiddish leaders, that they have the characteristics of malchus, of kingship, of leadership, and they give the Yid koyach to bring out inside of themselves in a revealed way, at least somewhat of this characteristic of Mamlechus Koyanim. Says the Rebbe, since Moshe, David and the Baal Shem Tev, each one was a Nasi and a Melech, and the Rebbe says that's why we also find by them that in addition to just having richness and abundance and Gashmias as well, we also find this idea that they ruled over nature to the extent that their whole way of conduct was in a way higher than nature. And the Rebbe explains, first of all, Moshe Rabbeinu, the whole way, the way he led the Eden, took care of the Eden, both in Mitzrayim and in the Midbar, was in a complete miraculous way. Also, David HaMelech is constantly being shown Nisim in the Flois by Hashem, as can be seen in his many Tfilois and thanks that he gives to Hashem in the Sefer of Tehillim. And says the Rebbe, the way of Nisim and the Flois, of acting in the way of Nisim and the Flois, by the Baal Shem Tev, we see this clearly, it's so well known and publicized, famous, all the stories of the Baal Shem Tev and his Talmidim, to the extent that there's a common expression that even regular people use, that about every fantastic and amazing, wondrous story, will use the expression, Abal Shem Skemaisa. So from these three Nisim, is given the Koyach to reveal by every Yid, this attitude and this way of being a melech. Now, in order to understand the unique idea of each one of these, Moshe, David, and the Baal Shem Tev, and what they are giving to the Yidden, we first need to explain how the Gili of Matan Torah has three aspects. And it's going to co- correspond to these three tzaddikim. Number one, we have the actual revelation of Hashem by Matan Torah. Hashem comes down on Har Sinai. So this is something completely higher than nature, higher than the world, and was only a temporary thing. Then we have the result of that, the impact of this Gilead Lekus on the world, that even after the shofar blasts, the shofar sounds, and the Shekhinah goes away, 
In other words, you don't have the revelation of godliness of Matan Torah, but nevertheless, the nature of the world is already purified and elevated to the extent that it's easier now to bring Elikus and to reveal godliness in the world. Finally, says the Rebbe, point number three is the goal and the purpose of Matan Torah, to really connect the alien and the Tachta in itself, the lowliest thing itself. To use the expression of Tanya, to make of Oilam Azeh this physical lowliest world, that there's nothing lower than it, to make it a dira for Hashem. In other words, that even within the concealments of the world, where you don't see Elikus Chas V'Shalom, it's a Choyshech Kafalom, a Chupal, a double darkness, a place filled with Klipa, filled with Sitra Akra, things that are against Hashem, things that convince themselves as if they are the only ones that exist. And besides the Klipas, they think there's nothing else. And yet the Yid should reveal and bring down this godly energy of Matan Torah even into these things. Says the Rebbe, these three ideas generally also express themselves in the three general periods of Am Yisrael. We have the time that the Yidin were in the Midbar. We have the time the Yidin were living in Eretz Yisrael. And finally, we have the Zmanagolos. The Yidin and the Doira Midbar, they are the ones that received the Torah as their souls were in physical bodies. By them, in a revealed way, remained, even later, this Gilu of Matan Torah, even later, meaning to say, that even while they're in the Midbar, they're, they're in the Midbar, but what's happening in the Midbar? They're completely removed from worldly things. They're in a situation where there's constant miracles completely higher than nature, taking care of all of their matters for them, so that they can d- devote themselves, dedicate themselves completely to Torah. As the Razal say that the Torah was given to who? To those that are eating the man. In other words, you're in a state where you're removed from the worldly concerns. Then comes Eretz Yisrael, where the Yidin are already in an inhabited and a settled land. Here there's already a way of life in a more natural way, dealing with nature. But on the other hand, Hashem's Hashgochas, Hashem's supervision is still in a very revealed way. As the Pasuk says, this is the land, Hashem's eyes are upon the land constantly from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And even when they're working the land. And as the Pasuk says, that all the seasons don't stop in the times of, 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 of harvesting and sowing and harvesting and reaping and so on, all doesn't stop, so it's nature. But yet, what do we say? That the rain comes down, Hashem is giving the rain, that means it's noticeable in a revealed way, that Hashem is the one taking care of the Parnosah, and therefore even though they're involved in work, in B'choyla Shertasa, yes, they're doing work, but nevertheless they recognize that it's only making a keli to receive the brachish of Hashem that's coming from above. And finally we have Zmanagolos, in a time where we don't see so many miracles and wonders. To the extent that a yid could chas v'shalom think that he's actually under the confines of nature, just like a goy. And we need to work hard to break through this darkness, uh, the darkness of Golas, and to bring light and godliness into it. The Rebbe explains, this idea that we say that the Golas of Matan Torah was only a temporary one, that's only as far as it affected the world. As far as yidn are concerned, the gilya of Matan Torah actually now caused inside of the yid this permanent characteristic of Mamlechas Koyanim, that every Yid, no matter what situation he is, the Pinimius of his Nefesh deep down inside, he's completely always higher than everything around him, and he's never under the confines of nature. And says that now we'll start understanding the difference and the Chidush in the Hashpa of this Melucha attitude, this Nesius attitude, the Mamlechas Koyanim, that Moshe, David, and the Baal each have on the Yidin. Moshe Rabbeinu, through whom the Torah was given, in fact, Torah is even called by the name of Moshe, it's called Torah as Moshe. He achieved in his generation, who they were the ones, as we said, received the Torah as their neshamas or in their physical bodies, 
That they have mamlechas koyinim in the physical, most literal sense. In other words, they're completely standing above the world. They're getting everything from above all of their needs without any effort, without any toil, without any work. Every one of them is getting richness, abundance, and their regular way of life was just in a miraculous way, I said before. Then the Yidin come into Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Neshavis has settled land. Now they don't have the mud anymore. They don't have the bread of heaven anymore. As the Pasuk says, you come into the land, now you have to work for six years before the Shemitah and so on. In other words, they need to be involved with the Gashmis, the world doing work. And even though we said before that yes, in Eretz Yisrael, Hashem's Ashgach is in a more revealed way, which shows that in truth, the Parnassah is coming from above. It says that everybody, the actual fact that I need to be involved in making a piderach, a teva, a keli, a vessel for Hashem's bracha, that itself could cause that a person could sometimes forget a little bit and he could think that his involvement, his work that he's doing, is in some way significant, causing the parnosa and disturb him a little bit from his Torah and mitzvahs. And this is where David HaMelech comes in, gives the koyach that while Eden are in Eretz Yisrael, in the settled land, an inhabited land, a place where Eden is working, Yet he should have the Mamlechas Koyanim attitude, meaning to say, he should recognize that really his Parnassah is completely coming from Hashem. And therefore also it's coming in an abundant way. And that B'Shoyer Hashem B'Pnimi Yisraeli, it is also miracles, and not connected to nature. So therefore the fact that he's involved in doing things is only because that's what Hashem wants, that B'Choyel HaShetasa, that you should get involved. And the result of this will be that when he has to be involved in matters of Torah and Mitzvahs, it's going to be in a way that nothing can get in the way. There is no distractions, like a melech does it. But now we come to stage number three, when the darkness of the Golas started, especially as the darkness of the Golas got deeper and darker. And because of the desperation of the times, people are even more involved, not only in doing work, but also with the preoccupation, with the worries of Parnassah, etc. So now what was needed is even a greater koyach to awaken inside the yid, the melech attitude. That is, a yid could think, that in a time when there are so many concealments of fulfilling Torah and mitzvahs, so wouldn't it just be enough that he's just doing Torah and mitzvahs in a regular way? Which even that is already quite a complicated and difficult battle with lots of work to overcome all the challenges. Especially if he's going to try even more and do Hidr mitzvah to add in his limudat Torah more than he's obligated. Isn't that all enough? But how is it possible that even in such a time to be involved in Torah and mitzvahs as if he's a melech, as if the world is totally non-existent, Comes along the Baal Shem Tov and teaches that even in the darkness of Golos, even in the depths of Golos, so he could lift himself up completely higher than everything around him and really feel how he's Mamlechas Koyen, who the Abishter himself, Ba'ashgacha Protis, is leading in a miraculous way in his daily life and in every single detail. Says the Rebbe, this Ashpa, to bring out this idea of Mamlechas Koyen, even as Yidnar in the time of Golos, is even a greater Chiddush and a greater advantage in this whole idea of Malchus than the previous two states. The fact that a yid can lift himself up higher than the world and higher than nature when he's in the midbar, when he's completely removed from the rest of the world, or even in the state of Eretz Yisroel, that he's in the world, but a place of Gilead that still doesn't express the true bleak vul of that power of Malchus, of kingship by yidin. Because then he's not so involved with the limitations of the world. But specifically when a yid is acting in this way in the time of Golos, that shows that he could lift himself up, he could go, as a famous expression, a way of lechatchila ariber, completely not going in an orderly fashion, but completely remove himself, lift himself up higher than all the limitations, from the darkness of the gullus to the height of Mamlechas Kayanim. 
So the Rebbe spoke about three different periods, but the Rebbe says Chas v'Shalom to say that Moshe, David, and Baal Shem Tov only have the impact on each one, on their own generations. Or only for three general periods, as we said, that Moshe generally for the time of the Midbar, David generally for the Yidin in Eretz Yisrael, and Yidin and Baal Shem Tov for the Yidin in Golos. Rather, the Pu'ula of Moshe and David and Baal Shem Tov we know is an eternal one for all Yidin and all generations. The Rebbe says, this is why we know that every single Yid calls Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, he's the Rebbe of all Yidin. So to David HaMelech, every Yid speaks about David HaMelech and says, David Melech Yisrael, Chai V'Kayim, even now, David HaMelech is here. And so too, regarding the Baal Shem Tov, since we know that B.S. HaMashiach is dependent on Yafutsu Ma'inu the spreading of the wellsprings of Chassidus of the Baal Shem Tov to the outside, so it's understood that this is also something, the Baal Shem Tov is also someone that's relevant and impacting all generations. Rather, the Rebbe says, just like we spoke about the general three periods, so really, you have within every generation itself, we also have different categories of Yidin, with, which each one corresponds to these three general periods. And really, in each and every Yid, you have three types of Avoid, and therefore we're constantly being impacted by these three Tzadikim. And the Rebbe explains, Avoidus Hashem generally is divided into three categories. We have Torah, Avoida, which is tefillah, and gemilus chasadim, which is mitzvahs generally, it also includes bukhal drochecha de'eyu, and koma sechel Hashem shomayim, which is even the mundane things of the world, connecting them with Hashem. These three ideas, Torah, Avoida, and gemilus chasadim, really correspond to these three types of Avoida, of the three times that we spoke about, the Midbar, Eretz Yisrael, and the time of Golos. How is that? The Torah is the revelation of Hashem's chachmah. So the idea of limud atoyer is to reveal, in a way of mulmaila lamata from above to below, revealing Hashem's desire, Hashem's wisdom down here in this world. And that's why when a yid learns toyer, he's being lifted up completely higher than the world. This is like the yidin in the midbar. Through the toyer, you become a melech. The Razal say, Rabbona, the chachamim are called melachim, kings. Completely ruling over nature. Famous Maimar Razal, the Rebbe says, on the Pasuk, Lokel Goymer Alai, that if Beisdin Paskin, something in the world itself, fits into the Pesach of Beisdin, then we have tefillah. Tefillah is when a person is asking for his needs, of the person that needs these things. That means he feels that Hashem is the one that's giving him his needs. Like generally we said before about Eretz Yisrael, where you feel that Hashem is the one giving you parnasa, but at the same time you're still somewhat involved in your needs. You're asking for what you need, and you're asking that you should be fulfilled, what you're lacking. However, says the Rebbe, it's still in a way that you're not mamish involved with the physical things as they are in the world. Again, similar to the Yidin in Eretz Yisrael, that they are right now in their own land, each person under his own grapevine and under his own fig tree, they're not amongst the Goyim. So yes, he's involved with the world, but he's not within the world. In this case, by, by Tefillah, he's speaking about the things that he needs in the world, but he's still right now in the world of Tefillah. He's asking Hashem for his needs, but it's for his needs. And then we come to Maisa Mitzvahs where your mom is involved with your Gashmizdika things. Especially when we speak about elevating and refining your mundane things. The avoid over here is to actually elevate, to refine, to transform the darkness of the world, the Gashmiz of the world, and in them should shine the oil of Kedusha. So this is more similar to that third period, the time of Golos, when Yidin are already amongst the Goyim. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the special idea of kingship of Malchus, that Moshe, David, and the Baal Shem Tov, each one is mashpia to every yid in every single generation. Moshe, whose Indian is Torah, achieves and accomplishes, he reveals the etzim idea of Mamlechus Kayan and Bayidin, in other words, this idea of being the master of Torah, someone that's completely removed from the world, like Torah, Nosam, as we said before, when uh, 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 the Chachamim are called Malachim. 
Similarly, says the Rebbe, this is really true by every single year, even a person that's not learning Torah all the time, but those times that he's spending on learning Torah, he has the ability to remove himself at least for that, for those, that amount of time, completely removing himself from all worldly things, all concerns, all worries, and be completely focused on his learning like someone that is Torah. So that's the Melech attitude of Torah. Then comes David who's in his tefillah, and that's why he writes Sefer Tehillim, he manages and he achieves to accomplish because of the Malchus aspect that even in the disavoid of tefillah should be in a Malchus dick away. That means to say that even though you're asking, it's tefillah, you're asking for what you need, but the, the requests are being fulfilled, are definitely being fulfilled. And the Rebbe compares this in contrast to ordinary tefillah. Usually tefillah, because it's coming from a request from the person down here, so sometimes there can be certain things in the way that the Bakasha perhaps won't be fulfilled or at least it will take time it won't be fulfilled completely and the like. But rather, if it's coming from David HaMelech, as a Melech, it's coming immediately being fulfilled without any limitations, without any disturbances, and it's being com- uh, fulfilled completely as the request of a king is fulfilled. And the Rebbe says this is similar to what Chassidus explains, how Torah usually achieves things in the world. We know the story in the Zoyar that when Ashbi needed to bring down rain, he said Torah on the Pasach, and then immediately the rain came down in the best way possible in the most brachadik way possible, and in the, in the appropriate way. So this is the idea of David, that although it's tefillah, but yet it has a certain Torah element as well. This melech attitude. The Rebbe says, in fact, that's why in Tehillim we have, have both extremes, the Sefer of David, the tefillah of David. On the one hand, it's davening, it's tehillois, praising Hashem and so on, but at the same time, it's one, a part of Torah, Torah Shemeksav, it's one of the 24 books of the Torah, and that's why the way this tefillah is affecting is in a similar method to the way Torah would work. And finally, we come to the Baal Shem Tov that revealed the Achdos Hashem within the world itself. How the real Metzius of every single creation in the world is the word of Hashem that's creating it every single moment and giving it a life every single moment. But again, this itself, he also revealed it in a Torah way. He, re- he explained this and revealed this through a pirush on a Pasuk, on the Pasuk of the Olam Hashem Dvorach Nitzvah and this is why the koyach was given to every single yid through this. That even when he's involved in gashmi is the things. Sometimes very lowly materialistic things. And even in a situation where there are no miracles, you don't see giliyelikus. And therefore seemingly, you're dealing with a world that has to be in a way of battle seemingly. And yet you're acting in that way. You're getting involved like a melech, like mamlechas koyanim. That means to say that as soon as you're going out to the war, you know already that being that you're part of mamlechas koyanim. You're, as the Pasuk says in Parshas Kiseitze, you're, you're always immediately above the enemy. And the Nitzachet is coming, Melamayla is coming from above. And the Sonei Hashem, the Kachem Yadech Hashem is definitely giving over all of these things into your hand. And as a result of that, Vishavisa Shiva, you take the captive's meaning, you're able to get the godly spark that was captured in these physical things out of Golos, to the extent that Ishapcha, Chashoichel, and Oyed, that you're transforming all of the darkness into light and the bitterness into sweetness.